Welcome, everyone, to It's a Wrap with Rap. I am your host, Ron Rappaport. This podcast features extraordinary people who do special things to enrich our lives and people who have overcome major challenges and adversities in their lives to come out on top, and also those who can educate us on an assortment of topics. My guest today is Barbie Wharton, dancer, entrepreneur, public speaker, super mom, survivor of Bell's palsy, depression, anxiety, and a major concussion. We will discuss with Barbie how her life changed due to her adversities and how she overcame them and her philosophy on life she would like to share with us. Welcome to the podcast, Barbie. Thank you so much, Ron. I'm very excited to be here. Um, Love your topics. Love your podcast. Can't wait to get chatting with you. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you here. So you've been a dancer since childhood. How did you get into it? And please tell our audience the benefits of introducing dance to children. Um, So, you know, my mom tells the story about the kindergarten door. And, um, you know, as a parent myself, you know, we want our we want our kids to just be involved in some kind of team activity, um, sport, uh, music, anything like that. So, you know, I think that t- typically, you know, it's at the kindergarten door, right? Like what the kids' friends are into. Um, yeah. Excuse me, and and you know what what they're interested in. You know, and my parents were super supportive. My mom, you know, put us into numerous activi- activities. And then I think by the time I was in probably grade five, you're probably about twelve. You need to kind of pick a direction if you're going to be serious about something, which is typical in any activity. <clears throat> so, you know, I picked dance. Uh, a few years later, my, um, the lady who owned the studio asked my mom to partner with her. And the joke is that my mom decided it was cheaper to buy the studio than it was to pay for the dance classes. So <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't a dancer. She never danced, but she ran the business side and um, her partner ran the, the dance side. Um, yes. Yeah, so I danced uh, my whole life until I, I graduated high school, just typically when, you know, kids will dance too, unless they progress onto a professional career and dance um, made me the person that I am today. And that's why I encourage parents um, to make sure their kids are, you know, in, into a, an activity that they're very serious about. Dance obviously is what I know, know most about. I do have two teenage sons who, who play high level lacrosse. Um, so I can speak to it in that way as well, but dance specifically teaches you so many skills that are not even performance related. I call them off stage skills. Um, you know, my, my favorite story is, you know, I graduated from BCIT, which is a tech school up here in marketing and entrepreneurship, got hired as a, you know, marketing coordinator, one of the top paying jobs in my, um, my graduating class. And, I got quickly promoted to sales manager, then operations manager. And the reason why, um, you know, the, the CEO of the company told me is he said he'd never met someone, a young person who was so able to take constructive criticism. And that's entirely because of dance, you know, in, in ballet specifically, you know, you take corrections and you got to do it again and again and again and again, and you need to have patience and um, persevere that way. So constructive criticism, working on a team time management, you know, we talk about it. Like I only had Wednesdays off. So, you know, if you have four weeks to do a project, I didn't have four weeks. I had four Wednesdays and that's how (laughs) we kind of described it. Um, you know, time management, just so many benefits um, in dance. I always tell parents it's worth every single penny and it's worth every single minute of driving. Um, yeah. You know, and I take that forward now as being a mom, 
encourage my sons to be on as many teams as possible, get out there, meet new people, meet new friends, become coachable by other people. You know, that's a life skill that we need to to have in anything. So, uh, so yeah, those are kind of the benefits of dance that I, um, experienced as well as speak to. Now, tell us about your career uh, after being a young child dancer, uh, your forming years. Um, So, you know, I had a plan. I'm a business girl. (laughs) So I had Mm -hmm. a plan. I was going to go to high school. I graduated there, uh, went to college, spent about a year um, and a bit kind of deciding what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do business, went to BCIT, which is is a fabulous school out here. Um, I might tell everyone Barbie is from the beautiful city. I've been there a few times. I love it. Uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. I am very lucky to live here. Um, Beautiful city. And I've lived here my whole life in a suburb. It's called Coquitlam. Um, Anyway, so went to BCIT, graduated from there. Uh, It's a two-year technical program. So basically it's four years worth of courses into two, which as a entrepreneur with a fairly small attention, uh, you know, um, what's it called, you know, paying attention to things, um, getting it done in two years was definitely uh, the right thing for me to do. Sure. Gradu- okay. Graduated, as I said, as a marketing coordinator, um, then worked my way up in it. It was a family, family company. I always wanted to work in a smaller company just to have an impact on, on business and to learn as much as I could. Um, the business owner there taught me so much more than I could learn in textbooks, trusted me, let me kind of do my own thing. Um, left that company when I, after I had my second baby and began for working full-time for our family company running dance competitions. So having been a dancer, you know, my whole life and that community, community being such a huge part of my life, um, you know, I had decided that professional dancing wasn't for me, didn't want to teach dance. I was a business girl. So, you know, went on to run that with my mom and my sister. We did that until 2020 when we um, closed the business due to COVID. So um, have always been involved in the community um, and hopefully making a difference that way. Well, tell us about your career choice and what dance taught you concerning your career choices. Um, Well, yeah, like I said, just the skills that you learn at dance, um, being resilient, trying again. You know, you get on stage, you screw up. You got to go back out and try again. Um, so many lessons that parallel business, you know, you, you screw up, you got to try again. You have no choice, right? You can't so, sit in the dark and cry. So, so when, the, uh, when the, when the girls are in dance, um, class, is there, is there a high dropout rate at all? I mean, it's not, some, yeah, some not when maybe just don't want to be told what to do that type of thing. Not once you get to a high level of dance, once you get you, once, you know, you've okay. been in it, I would, you know we call it they're called rec classes where you just you come once a week and you just you like to have fun and yeah I mean those kids will come or go or you know do things that's just kind of their focus maybe they focus on you know something else more seriously but they're just doing it for you know an active activity once you get to the high level dance no you've put so much work and energy into it you you think of like a a kid who plays hockey that makes it to you know the a team there's not a lot of drop off unless there's an injury or some major life change now you talk about being uh the perfect Barbie before 2015, having the perfect life, doing all the things you do, uh, perfect house, perfect career, perfect kids, uh, perfect hostess, perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> tell, us, uh, tell us about those 10 years preceding 2015, those perfect years. 
Um, well, like I said, I was a business girl. I was, uh, you know, I was kind of a little adult growing up. I had, um, I used to go to my grandma's office when I was like in grade two and on pro D days and play and they answer the phone and play with the photocopier. I was always a, an old soul and I had a plan and the plan was, like I said, go to high school, um, go to school, get a job, run my own companies, you know, get married, have kids, have a house. Very common for, you know, women in my, excuse me, situation. Right. The trouble is once you get to that plan and you've achieved that plan, then now what? So. Right. You reached that plateau. Yeah. I, you know, I, so I spent my, those years achieving those goals and I did it and I, I killed it. I had the house and I wanted the house to be the place where we, people came and they were comfortable and, you know, we had parties and they were the best parties. And, you know, we got married quite young, um, my first marriage. So, um, you know, we were the ones with the house and it was great. And then all of a sudden it wasn't great. I was doing things for everybody except myself. I had lost kind of myself. I didn't even know what my opinions were in life. Um, you know, obviously it's true for men too, but typically mothers, I mean, we just throw ourselves into our kids and, you know, what they need. And it just gets to a point for some people that you just lose yourself. And that's what happened to me. So 2015 arrives, you wake up one morning and something went terribly wrong. Uh, Tell us what happened to you. So um, my kids would have been six and four, around six or seven and, and that age. Okay. So, you know, wake up in the morning and for anybody who has kids that age, you know, mornings are always super peaceful, right? Like everybody's ready. Nobody loses <laughs> shoes. Nobody freaks out because their socks on the wrong absolutely, foot. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so it was just a typical morning like that. You know, we're getting ready for school and doing all the things. And I said to my oldest, I said, is mommy's face, is something wrong with mommy's face? And because I go to brush my teeth and it, the water kind of dribbled out, just similar to what if you got a filling and he's like, I don't know, no, you look normal. All right. So my resting face, it's called. So your resting face is just when you're not moving, uh, was fine. Well, it was kind of weird. So my sound face or side, this side, um, which wasn't affected, it felt puffy. And I don't know, it's weird. I maybe have a sinus infection and it didn't hurt, but I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. So I called my husband at the time and told him, he goes, you got to go to the doctor. And normally he wouldn't, um, he'd be like, okay, well, just let me know how it goes. But that day, I don't know. He said the universe was just like, no, you have to go. You have to go to the doctor. And it was very interesting. Um, you know, I followed the universe, I believe in that, in that path and randomly came out of my mouth. Like I had never really known anybody with Bell's palsy, never seen it before um except for one of the girls that used to be on my sales team her husband got it and I never had met him or anything but I thought well that's terrible your face gets paralyzed so it just popped into my head and I said to Mike I said well if I have Bell's palsy my face paralyzed you still have to love me and you know we laughed (laughs) and fine yeah so we get to I got to the clinic because I'm like okay I'll get to go to the clinic I had called my doctor and up here in BC doctors are very busy. You can't get in right away. Um, you know, we can see you in a couple of days. All right. So Mike's like, go to the clinic. All right. So I go to the clinic 
And he was asking all these super weird questions. Like, I'm like, I got a sinus infection. I'm thinking, just give me the antibiotics. I'll be fine. Like, I got to go. Right. right? Like, right. I'm a mom. I got stuff to do. Right. But he's delving um, deeper into it. Yeah. You know, and he's like, are yeah. you sure you're not pregnant? Oh, God, I hope I'm not pregnant. Or <laughs> I have two kids. Yeah. Um, very common in the first trimester of pregnancy to get Bell's palsy, which is why those yeah. questions were happening. Asking me questions. It's, it's very common for um, stroke to be a consideration. Lyme disease, things like that. So all these questions. He says to me, he says, you need to call your family doctor and go right now. I said, well, I called, I called and they can't see me for a couple of days. And he said, call back, tell them you have Bell's palsy. You need to see them right away. Wow. And you know, there's certain things in life that the VIP treatment is not ideal for and seeing a doctor getting into surgery, things like that being rushed to the top of the list is one of them. (laughs) That's not lucky. There's a reason. Right. So yeah, get to the doctor. Um, and for your listeners and anybody who is curious, um, or if it does happen later in your life, you need to get to the doctor immediately. You need to take the steroids and you need to take the antiviral medication. What, what Bell's palsy is, is it paralyzes one side of your face. Each side of our faces are a perfect mirror of nerves. So it attacks the main nerve in behind your ear and paralyzes all the branches that come off of it. So that happens. Um, If you don't get the uh, prednisone and the antivirals, the inflammation will continue and the damage will progress. So of course, I don't know what the damage would have been if I hadn't have taken them because I did. Um, But yeah, so that's what, that's what happened there. And I'm a solutions girl. So I did all the things (laughs) I went to the naturopath right after I got, you know, vitamin IVs and, and, and did all the things to try to, I mean, it's your face, right? So, (laughs) right. It was quite worrisome. I know that uh, it, it can get so bad that uh, don't they have to sometimes tape some somebody's eye, some person with it their eyes closed so they can get to sleep and stuff like that. You need to tape your eye closed. Um, that is typically with all Bell's palsy because what happens is your your entire side of your face is paralyzed. So you know things that you don't think of like blinking yeah. that's paralyzed. So yeah. um, you need to consciously help your eye blink um it's uncontrollable sometimes like people get eye rolling like I had eye rolling when I blinked um so at night you need to tape your eye shut put ointment in it and tape it shut so that the eye doesn't okay because even if it blinks on its own it might not be closing all the way um and it can cause permanent damage to your eyes yeah gotcha now how long uh did the Bell's policy last and uh what did your recovery uh entail emotionally on you? Um, well, I'm only about 85% recovered. So, you know, we're on video right now, you know, your listeners are listening, but you can notice that my face isn't perfectly symmetrical when I talk and my eye is active when my mouth is talking, that's called synchinesis. So some of the nerves didn't grow back properly. So, you know, I am probably am about 85% recovered, but I do consider myself lucky. A lot of people don't recover at all. Some people wake up three days later and they're totally fine. Um, so, you know, emotionally it's a roller coaster and it's more emotional healing than it is, um, physically because, you know, you're not going to die from it or anything like that, but it's very hard and it's your face. So it's how you're presented to the world. So that is very hard to deal with emotionally for sure. Well, I mean, just looking at you and people can, you know, see you on, on the YouTube version. Uh, I really couldn't tell that anything is 
is out of line. Yeah. Uh, so people who, who knew people that I meet typically don't notice, but people who I knew before will, will notice, but yeah, it is what it is. How did it affect your work in other areas of your life? Well, you know, I stayed in bed for about three weeks and it, it's also comes from a virus. They don't really have a lot of information. If you like inspirational stories like I do, I must tell you about a great book that I just finished reading. It is titled A Twisted Fate, My Life with Dystonia by Brenda Curry Lewis, who at age seven developed generalized dystonia, a rare neurological movement disorder that causes muscle groups to tug and twist the body into abnormal postures. Brenda started walking on the outer edge of her right foot, and within a year, she was wheelchair-bound. The symptoms spread gradually through most of her body. For over 40 years, Brenda has experienced uncontrollable muscle movements that have wreaked havoc in her body, but not her spirit. This is a story of resilience in the face of a little-known confusing and debilitating condition. Brenda takes us on a journey from skating rinks to surgical suites, from bicycles to wheelchairs, from doubt to determination. After reading the book, Brenda instilled in me the energy to be more resilient and more determined to overcome life's challenges. Brenda's quirky sense of humor makes this candid account of life with dystonia a thought-provoking and entertaining read. This would be a great gift for young people to read as well as adults. The book is available online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, World of Books, Books a Million, and Kindle eBooks. The book and author will be listed in the podcast notes. But it's from a suppressed immune system, which for me, as you know, as we just talked about, I was suppressed emotionally and, you know, my immunity was suppressed in so many ways. Yeah. Um, you know, which we can touch on a little bit later. Um, but it, I wouldn't say it affected my work too much because I didn't let it, you, you get to a point where, you know, yes, I was self-conscious to go out and have dinner or go out with my girlfriends, but you can't like, you get to it. Like, what are you going to do? Sit in your room and cry. Like you have to figure it out. Right. So, um, I got to that. I mean, and my joke is that at least I'm not ugly. So at least I had that going for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not for sure. Uh, so so you got past it just on your own pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you would say? I mean, obviously I have great family and support. It took about six weeks for me to finally start seeing movement, which is a very long time Um, in Bell's palsy world. Sometimes people get it back in, in three days. Um, There's also not a lot of information out there, um, you know, especially six years ago. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help out with that, but we can talk about that in a few minutes as well. Well, I, I'm a, uh, a male breast cancer uh, survivor, and this is kind of right down the road where you have to catch that real early. So we advocate for that. And I would assume uh, advocating for Bell's palsy that you really need to get the word out that if that happens, they really have to see a doctor right away. Yes, absolutely. And the thing is with Bell's palsy is sudden onset. So, you know, whereas with cancer, you know, doing your self exams and things like that. And then that is great awareness, especially for men, because that's not something that that you typically think of is, is breast cancer. Yeah, we're only 1%. 
Yeah. You know, but yeah. you know, to get that awareness out, that's great. Um, it's sudden onset. So now looking back, it was a Monday when I woke up with it. I'm pretty sure on the Friday, you know, you feel yourself getting sick. I feel like, you know, your ears itchy inside. I took some yeah. vitamin C and all my immune stuff, but there's no way to know. It just feels like you're getting sick. So, yeah. but yes, as soon as you wake up, you know, the symptoms, you get to the doctor right away and get the medication. I mean, I, I, um, focus on natural, natural, um, remedies a lot. I feel that natural, and again, this is just my opinion, but natural remedies are proactive and drugs are reactive. So that's why you got to get the drugs. I'm glad you're getting the word out, you know, and people listening to this, uh, if anything goes wrong with, you know, your face or whatever, you'll, you'll at least have a clue and say, yeah, I heard this. I heard about Mm -hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So 2017 arrives, Barbie, and uh, tell us about the uh, major concussion you had. So, um, you know, so my life changed in 2016. Um, my ex-husband and I split up. Obviously, for every anyone who's gone through that, that's a major, major change. Sure. Um, and like I said, I'd been going through such a challenging time before that. So I was in the middle of finding myself essentially for lack of a better term. And I was walking into a pub out here with my girlfriend and it's an Irish pub. So it's very heavy doors and someone just came flying out of there and it hit me and I fell straight back. Um, So it was like a level three concussion, really, really bad. I still have symptoms from it. It's been four years. Um, Concussions are very, very serious. Um, very serious. And the recovery from that is like nothing I've ever been through before. It's torture. And it still is when I, you know, have symptoms now. Um, I have to be very, very careful about my head and, and, and hitting things because once you've had a bad concussion like that, you're more susceptible to get getting them again yeah. or relapses. Um, you know, I'm very lucky. I have very, very, very good care um, at the clinic that I go to you know, they treat high level athletes, you know, Sidney Crosby, you know, he's treated him at some point as well. He won't introduce me to him, but you know, <laughs> I'm like, what's the point? I pay all this money. You should introduce me to famous friends, but anyways. Um, so I'm very, very lucky. And I go there mm. consistently to be proactive about the care on my, on my concussion, but absolutely excruciating. And for your listeners as well, to support people with the concussion, it's not, it's hard when you, before you've gone through it and people that I knew, it's like, Oh, it's just a headache. Like take some time. It isn't, it's nothing like you've ever experienced before. Um, like I said, I still have symptoms. I still have concentration issues that'll be with me for my whole life. So. Even, uh, uh, any memory issues like short-term memory. Um, like I that. think my memory is no worse than it was before, <laughs> <laughs> but you can blame it on the concussion now. I, I can blame yeah. it on having kids. I can blame it on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think my memory is okay. Um, it's more my, you know, focus and my attention, being able to pay attention to things and have, um, ability to kind of, almost put thoughts together almost sometimes, but that's more if I'm tired or, um, stressed and things like that. So, right. So we have the Bell's palsy, uh, then the major concussion. So did you ever think, why are these things happening to me? Absolutely. I, 
am a person who, you know, and I do attribute this to my, you know, my mom, my mom's a survivor, you know, pick up your socks and you deal with it, you figure it out. Um, you know, while it is important to process your feelings and, and feel them and not shove them down. I mean, I'm a Gemini and, a, you know, empath, I feel everything cry on a regular basis, but it is very important in my opinion to think that and not from a negative, um, woe is me standpoint. Um, I really believe that major things that happen to you in your life, the universe is teaching you a lesson. And for me, it was, um, you know, the first thing I did was Google Louise Hay. And she, I, I don't know if you know of her. She's an yes. author. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, having gone through cancer, actually, I'm sure that yeah. you have right. looked at that as well. And she, um, I'm sorry, my phone keeps going off. I don't know where it is, but I'll just keep it quick as possible. Um, he, so basically looked up Louise Hay right yeah. away. Yeah. And the reason for Bell's palsy is you're not using your voice. And I, you know, of course my, my mom, she was like, well, that's weird. You, you never stop talking. That's yeah. not what it means. What it means is you're not sticking up for yourself. You're not, um, voicing your opinion, right. um, you know, taking care of yourself from a self care standpoint. Right. Um, I had gotten to the point in my life where everybody else's opinion was more important than mine. I constantly was worried about what other people thought. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't taking care of myself in the way of dealing with that. And it happens a little bit, little bit, little bit. It's not like you wake up one day and all of a sudden start worrying about other people other than yourself. It's something that about myself, I really love that trait that I have myself that I do, um, I can feel what other people are feeling. I can see every side of the story, but the real fine line is seeing somebody else's side of the story, but not making it more important than yours. Yeah. And that you were, was, you were putting them in front of you all the time. Yeah. yeah. And from a very young age. So I, the universe literally paralyzed my mouth. I was not using my voice. So my voice was literally paralyzed. And for me, that was like, oh my God. So the universe telling me I needed to use my voice. So I did start my blog and that's when I kind of started. Um, Then I, then I was going through this phase of finding myself and I had kind of fallen off my path of what my true highest self was. And I truly believe it was the universe smacking me upside the head being like, this is serious. You are not Mm -hmm. even remotely stepping into your light or trying. I was in a really, really hard place in my life. Um, had gotten to the point where I just felt like I was such a disappointment that I, that I wasn't even worth trying kind of thing. So I, um, just floated around and, um, you know, just was socializing too much and doing all, you know, and, and that's hard. It's hard when you're going through that phase of life, especially at 40 and, you know, don't know where your life is going. You're not grounded. It's hard to not, you know, I'm an independent woman, but to, I really enjoy being in a partnership and and feeling grounded at home and those kinds of home family. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's kind of how that went. 
What are some of, uh, in your opinion, the biggest mistakes people make uh, when uh, facing life's adversities? I, I think people who focus too much on why, like, you know, we were just saying like, Mm-hmm. why or where did I catch that flu from or mm-hmm. who did I get COVID from I mean other than contact tracing of course you need to do that but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter why I got the concussion other than the reason to figure out what was next and I um you know on one of my feeds that I'm that I'm doing is called Bell's Palsy Talk with Barbie we'll talk about that in a second I do live Instagram um, videos with, um, this man named Pierre and he's a physio. He specializes in Bell's palsy. He got Bell's palsy. So now he specializes in it. It's great. And he, he really, he spoke about that the other day. It doesn't like, excuse me. It's interesting to know why it happens, but there's no way to avoid it other than self-care to me, the universe, like you, you and me can be in the same house doing the same things catching the same flu, I get Bell's palsy and you don't. Right. That's interesting. Why? Right. Right. So to me with anything that happens in our body is attached to an emotional thing that's happened. And most people I talk to, I'm sure yourself included, once you read up on those kinds of things, it really resonates. And that's what I speak about quite a bit with the Bell's palsy situation. Um, Self-care is not something to mess around with. Tell our audience about being resilient and how did you do it? And what is the secret for other people to do it? I mean, I don't know if there's any secret sauce other than the fact you just make a decision. You can do as humans on this planet, especially during this time in our lives, we can, you can literally do anything you want having the internet and social media um, progress so quickly. I mean, even when I did my education, you know, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and he was, it was more about marketing and he was talking about, okay, let's talk about how marketing has changed or improved. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like when I did my schooling, we were talking about bus advertisement placement. That was part of the marketing plan, which of course it still is. That's great. But you pay $5,000 for your face to be on a bus with no um, idea who sees it. It's all a guess. Now you can, you can do all those things. So my point is, if you want to be a shoe designer and you want to design pink high-heeled shoes, this is the time to do it. There is literally nothing stopping you. I and agree with that. Resilience is something that people call me a lot, but I just do my thing. I do my life. You get up, you get out of bed in the morning. Sometimes that's being as resilient as it's going to get, you know, (laughs) Yeah. today, super busy running around with kids. Didn't have time to have a shower, really enjoy podcasts. So I'm like, Hey, let's do it. Like, that's great. Some days you can accomplish more than others and beating yourself up is not going to get you further. It's just going to set you further back. So I work harder. I'm not saying I don't do it. I beat myself up on a regular basis. It's easier said than done, but there's no way to be resilient and move forward. If you're constantly beating yourself up over yeah. things that happen, yeah, you past. can't beat yourself up for sure. Uh, can you expound a little bit? What are your thoughts on self-care? Can you talk to the audience? Maybe give us a little idea of 
what you, what you mean? Absolutely. I'd love to. When I was going through a tough time, probably around 2012, I would say, um, I, this woman kind of fell into my lap. Like, you know how women do these like parties and you go over and there's 12 of you and they do like palm reading or they do some kind of thing and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Great. So I go to this session and it was like for meditation and that, Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll have a glass of wine and go do that. Great. So this lady, her name's Jill kind of fell into my lap at exactly the right time, which again, the universe will do for you. You, when you need something, the universe will literally drop things in your lap. If you are paying attention. Yes. If you're just focusing on, Oh, I'm having wine with the, with the girlfriends, which of course is fine. Um, if you pay attention. So me, the type of person I am, I will be energetically attracted to somebody um, because they, they have something I need in my life at that time. That's when I started paying attention. And I kind of now put my, I'm able to put my finger on it, but I I've been like that my whole life. Um, when, you know, the, the, you know, the movie, the, um, the secret came out and we all watched that about the law of attraction. Now they put a, you know, a commercial way about it. Um, but it's true things that you intend to happen in your life. They, they happen if you are pursuing it energetically and, and taking the steps towards it. So for me, you know, I met Jill and I got some spiritual coaching and she asked me as most therapists of any kind do in your first session, they say, what do you do for self-care? I don't know. I mean, I go for a pedicure. Sometimes I go for a massage, Yeah. you know, on Sundays, it's my turn to sleep in. And she, you know, bursts out laughing. And that's typically the answer that we give. Self-care is taking care of yourself. You know, like we spoke to earlier, speaking up for yourself, protecting yourself, um, authentically protecting yourself, not putting walls up, but protecting your um, smaller, you know, I call it little Barbie, um, healing from your childhood. Everybody has those issues with no exception. If you don't protect yourself and stand up for yourself and your opinions, there's your, yourself will get dwindled away to a shell essentially, you know, and that's that self-care asking for help, asking for things that you need. Mm -hmm. People in your life can't help you and can't give you things you need if you don't ask for it everybody's different. People will tend to give you, will always tend to give you things that they need um, as opposed to necessarily what you need. Um, you know, the five languages of love is a, it's a huge switch in my, in my thinking where, you know, I think that you like chocolate chip cookies. So I, I when I come to your house, I bring you chocolate chip cookies because they're best, best thing ever in my life. You might hate yeah. chocolate chip cookies, but you can appreciate the gesture, but that's not something that you need. Self-care is first of all, becoming aware of what you need because, you know, I'm still working on that. What makes you feel happy? What makes you feel fulfilled? What does your partner do that, that does that and ask for it? Um, So the first, the first step is honoring yourself enough and your self-worth enough, which everybody is worth it to say, Hey, what do I need? And then stepping up, and being brave and telling, telling people in your life what you, what you do need. Good advice. You mentioned uh, our inner voice. Talk to us about your thoughts on that and how you uh, persevered. Talk to us about that inner voice. 
humans are designed as um, our bodies are a machine and our, you know, our inner guide is there to guide us. Um, I have spent a lot of time training myself to listen. Your inner voice will always tell you what the right decision is. You may decide not to listen. (laughs) Right. Me waking up this morning and my inner voice saying, you know, you should go for a run because you had some drinks last night and your body needs to detox that. I hear that. I chose to not do it, (laughs) (laughs) but your inner voice will tell you what you need to do. If you have a decision to make, your inner voice will tell you what to do. You know what to do. You are the master of your own life. Nobody else knows your life inside out. You know, we can ask everybody advice, you know, which, which I used to do. I, you know, I, I, you know, I still do, but I would ask advice to so many people. I'd be so confused. Um, so then I had that mixture of me not really knowing or paying attention to my inner voice or things that I knew. I mean, I'm a smart person. Why am I listening to everybody else getting confused? And then I had the issue of not wanting to let people down and caring about what people thought. So like, you know, it was a disaster. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's your inner voice. Your inner voice will always tell you, you have to quiet your mind to listen. Can that, can that inner voice be a gut feeling as well? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. So some people, it's not like, it's not like I'm really quiet and, you know, and I hear yeah. know, voices who right. say, you know, Barbie do this. Right. When I have a decision to make, I will run through different scenarios in my mind and see how my stomach feels about it. Yeah. Um, in your you back, can tell. You know. yeah. yeah, definitely. You can tell. Uh, you mentioned uh, that you will surround yourself with those who see my light and encourage others to do the same. Can you expand on that a little Tell us what that, what you mean by that. I always encourage people. I mean, obviously there's people in your life that you need to be around, you know, some people at work or, you know, people that you have to be around. That's okay. The people that you choose to have in your circle, your friends, um, business colleagues that maybe you spend more time with or value their opinion. If they are constantly raining on your parade is how I, is how I describe it. Not seeing your light. So Furthermore, on what we were saying before is people will typically look for characteristics in other people that they enjoy about themselves. So I am a very energetic, um, on stage, love thinking of ideas and solutions. I'm very um, encouraging to people. I'm a leader. I'm not a spreadsheets person. I can do it. I'm a very smart person. There's no problem. Like I I can do QuickBooks. I can, of course, do all that stuff. It's draining to me. So if people, if you're around people that drain you to be around, and we all know those relationships that we have, and I have over the past couple of years cleared out so many relationships like that in my life, I have a very limited circle now, which in my, you know, you know, four or five years ago, I would think, oh my God, I have no friends. Um, That was in the the perfect time, I thought. But a lot of the relationships that you're dumping time into is for the other person and you're giving all of yourself away. And that's what was happening to me. So that's where I say, encourage people to be around people that encourage you to step into your light, meaning where you're actually should be going, not, not where you want to be going, where you should be going and foster that encourage the people who I have around me that do that. It's like, okay, Barbie, you're good. 
don't focus on the negative, focus on the positive. That's what you're good at. Like, you know, don't yeah. accept jobs or accept favors that are going to drain you. And it's not worth it. We only get one life, like, like yeah, wasting really. your time with people that drain you. Like, ugh, gross. Yeah, I, move I, agree. On. <laughs> I agree. Throw them under the curb. Uh, so I know that you're doing uh, on Clubhouse, uh, Bell's Palsy Talk with Barbie. Do you have plans to expand your advocacy regarding Bell's Palsy? Yeah. So Clubhouse is very exciting for me. Lately, what I've been um, doing more than the Clubhouse is Instagram Lives. And I've figured out that the whole live thing, like I love like this, this platform. I love, 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 love guesting on podcasts. Cause I like to talk about different topics and different people and I meet different people and opportunities fall yeah, in my lap great. that are, yeah. that are supposed to happen for me. So the Instagram lives are really fun for me because they're live also because of my personality. Like I said, my, my lack of attention span is the word I was looking for earlier. It's already done. Like we talk, it's live. I hit post, I put it <laughs> on my blog and it's yep. done. Like there's no, there's no going back or being like, oh, I should edit that out or, oh, my face looks weird and that was done. It's finished. Gotcha. So yeah, it's been great. And the listeners have been really great about it. Everyone's really excited about it because there isn't, I mean, there is a few um, support groups and they're great, but I want to have a platform where we come together and people feel like they're not alone. That's one of the main things that I speak of in my podcast interviews and my blog posts is we are not alone we choose to feel alone but if we reach out and again especially in this time in the universe you know someone one of my readers on the instagram yesterday watched the live and he's in brazil and he said thank you for your you know your talk tonight i've i've had bell's palsy for 10 days and i feel like i'm not alone now so right right that cheered me up because that's my goal we don't need to be alone there's, and we, there's so many people out there. Well, I advocate for the male breast cancer uh, coalition and we have men all over the world and we have men in Africa and Asia, uh, Belgium, Europe, you know, wherever. And this, they say the same thing. We felt alone. I thought I was the only one, you know, and now you're out here. I found you, you know, so it's great. And I, I can definitely relate uh, to what you're doing. That's great. Uh, in 2020, your family team apparel company closed uh, along with your dance competition business due to COVID. But since so much uh, of your spark comes from the community and young dancers, you started uh, the B1 Dance Productions as well as a video series called Dancer Development Series. Tell us about those endeavors and how are they progressing? Um, so, yeah, so I was really heartbroken when we closed our business um a lot of people were we have almost thirty thousand dollars thirty thousand dancers a year come across 14 events wow um for a very long time so people grew up with us it was very very hard decision to make um and i you know my mom retired my sister has moved on to other projects and she has you know some her my nieces and nephews um she wants to spend time with and that's great so, you know, I was sitting here being like 40 years old, um, you know, and this was at the beginning of COVID. I think now most of us understand that it actually is a gift that we had this pe random period in our lives that 
so many other people didn't get to really think about what am I doing? Like, why am I doing certain things? Do I actually want to be doing this? Does it really matter to be so busy all the time, rushing around, not eating, um, not exercising? I mean, not that I do that as much as I should even after COVID, but anyways, um, all these things that were like rushing, 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 rushing around and wasting our lives. COVID was like the universe giving a huge message that things need to shift and be like, bring you literally into your bubble, literally. It was a pause button. And it was. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound, um, uh, insensitive to, of course, people's lives falling apart and people dying. And that's not what I mean. What I I mean is, um, yes, having that opportunity to just really look at life, like really look at life. And I think that so many people had that opportunity and so did I. So I really kind of looked at, you know, what I wanted to do. And I thought, you know what, I'm not ready to give up that community and my involvement in it and the difference that I, that I hope I'm making. So, you know, my partner, Trevor, uh, is amazing. So supportive. He's my number one light cheerleader. And he, um, He's like, well, you know, you should try to do it on your own. So, so yeah, so that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. And I actually did two very small scale programs in the past couple months up here. We're allowed to do youth programs. So it was filming, like they were being filmed and then that was sent to judges. And so it's very okay. small. You're only allowed 50 people in the room. So there's no like audience and large scale, yeah. obviously, but it was great. And it was nice to, um, accomplish that and accomplish something during this year because myself, just like so many of us just feel like we're spinning our wheels, like especially entrepreneurs, right? We have so much stuff to do and we're control freaks and you can, we can't control anything. So that's a huge lesson. Um, but yeah, I did that. And I'm really excited about that. It, you know, it went and people were happy and it didn't get shut down. <laughs> so I was following all the rules, but you know, yeah, there's always great. a risk and I'm glad it was it's great. Pro- I'm glad it's progressing. What are you most excited about going forward in your life? I'm excited about being in this period of my life where I feel settled and grounded. Um, you know, like I said, my, my partner, we've been together for, you know, three years now, my second will get married hopefully soon (laughs) when COVID kind of clears up. Um, but to feel grounded, um, in life and have a platform to jump off of. He's very supportive that I can, you know, I can work on different projects. I help him out with his companies as well. But my personality thrives when I have lots of stuff on the go. Um, I'm able to kind of jump around task to task. And that's really how I thrive. And right now I'm able to do that. So I'm very excited about, you know, my dance project. I'm really excited about um, the Bell's Palsy Advocacy and very excited about my personal life in general. My sons are thriving. Um, I'm really enjoying being Sounds around great. them. And yeah, it's going well. How can people contact you? Um, so my main website is barbiewharton.com. And then um, I also have bellspalsytalk.com. Um, and yeah, so those are the two, the two that I'm working on now. And of course, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and all the good, good things there. Well, I'm going to list uh, that contact information uh, in the podcast notes. Thank you, Barbie, for sharing your story with us. I, I'm so happy for you that you overcame your challenges and that it resulted in you moving forward and once again enjoying a happy fulfilled life and we we all applaud you for your advocacy work and i wish you good fortune going forward 
Uh, we want to hear from our listeners. If you have any comments or suggestions to better the podcast, you can contact us on our website. It's a wrap with rap.com. We're on Facebook. It's a wrap with rap email. It's a wrap with rap at gmail.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Stay safe. And for now it's a wrap. <laughs>